Welcome to followtheboat.com. Tales not just from the high seas. These are the podcast adventures of Liz and Jamie as they travel through the Indian subcontinent. When tourists come to India, the most obvious trip to do is the Golden Triangle. This takes in the state of Rajasthan and ventures into Uttar Pradesh to visit the Taj Mahal. Over the next few weeks, we take you on a trip to some of the major cities, their attractions and the people too. These tourist traps are quite hectic, so we ease you into our Golden Triangle trek with a gentle wander around the tourist-free back streets of Jaipur. To get there, we take a plane and when we arrive, we encounter more winged creatures. We are now in Jaipur, which is in the desert state of Rajasthan, uh, flew up from Cochin last night and treated ourselves to a pick-up by the hotel who delivers straight here. So we've had a fantastic sleep staying in our Nuas. So effectively it's a hotel that's um, like a glorified pension that's set around a series of courtyards um, but very well appointed it is too and we had an excellent night's sleep. It's early next morning and we're in the gardens surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of uh, potted flowers, many of which I recognise from my mother's own garden. I couldn't tell you what they are, but beautifully done. And we've just ordered our breakfast and we're uh, waiting for that before we go off and explore what is known as the Pink City. Um, First impressions? Well, difficult to tell really. We came straight from the airport to the hotel last night and... uh, after an excellent dinner, we went straight to bed. But uh, the most obvious thing is the difference in temperature. It's much, much cooler up here, requiring two layers, at least for first thing in the morning and at night time, and much fresher. A bit more like a, an English springtime, I suppose. I'm just up on the roof of the hotel. Having just purchased the Oxford Pocket Guide to the Birds of the Indian Subcontinent from the shop in the hotel. And uh, it was quite well timed because Liz and I spotted what we thought was some kind of um, pigeon stroke dove. We weren't sure. So I followed it up to the roof. And eventually, after sitting around for a while, uh, it came right up to me. And upon closer inspection, it is a laughing dove. Never seen one before. And it's got a brownish pink head and underpants. Um, and then it's got sort of uh, black stippling on the upper breast. It's a very pretty little bird and flying in amongst all the pigeons that uh, seem to dominate the roof of this hotel were two laughing doves. Never seen one before but uh, it's a nice way to start the day. So we've left the tranquility of our lovely hotel Aria Nuas and we've walked along the main road and now we're in the old city, walked through one of the gates into the old city and took a side turning. Hello. 
um, through into quite a poor area, I have to say. Lots of children running around, lots of dogs, goats, high buildings, narrow lanes, some painted bright colours, bright green, pink, orange, yellow everywhere. Yellow seems to be the favourite colour here as it is elsewhere in India. A lot of very ramshackle, broken-down old houses that are literally crumbling apart with families squatting in them. I can't imagine there's a great deal of running water. Um, we've got open sewers either side of the road here. There are electricity cables strung from left to right down the road, all higgledy-piggledy, all with flags tangled in them and things hanging from them. Some of the architecture is obviously quite old. The city was originally built back in the early 18th century uh, on a grid system by one of the shahs. I can't remember which one. I'll look it up later. And I shouldn't think that much has happened to this road since then. It's gradually crumbled and crumbled. Although we've got a bit of a... We have got a tarmac surface on this main area. Some of the little offside areas um, are literally just great heaps of mud and God knows what. All along here there are little open shops or workshops, people working in them as they are elsewhere in the world, the places we've been to. Got goats on my left, dogs on my right. Hiving sea of activity here, lots of little cafes. Which are really just... um, guys squatting in the street cooking up a storm it's noisy wow we've stumbled into a road of stone carvers all around me left and right workshop after workshop with men stone carving And some of it's really beautiful work, really beautiful, with the folded garments hanging from ancient gods, goddesses, intricate work as well, some half-size, seen one full-size, and some smaller pieces. These are all handmade from marble. It looks like marble. Stone carver's heaven, this road, I tell you. Very dusty too. They're not working from drawings, they're just working by hand. The dust is phenomenal. So we're seeing the raw raw stone being turned into mostly figures, I have to say. I think they're mostly deities. Yeah, I'm seeing Hindu gods and goddesses here. And a little further down, they're painting them. Which to me seems a bit of a shame because the, the marble itself is so beautiful. I don't think you need to paint it, but they love their colours here. So that's what they're doing. They're painting these beautif- beautifully hand-carved pieces. It's amazing what you just stumble across when you get off the tourist trail, go down to the back streets, like I've got a man on my left peeing. <laughs> Oh, it looks like they're making a floor and this, uh, just peering through the uh, 
through a doorway here. It looks like a mosaic floor. It looks a fantastic piece of work. But I'm going to have to get out of here because the dust is really getting into me. It's going up my nose and down my throat. That was the working area. I guess a little while, a little further on here, we might see the shops themselves. They don't seem to be selling anything here. Anyway, we're going to keep going along here. See what else we can see. Well, I had to march through there because the dust was really getting to me. And I'm still tasting it now in my mouth, feeling it in the back of my throat. I don't know how those guys do that. They work all day, every day of the week, apart from the days when they're praying, which is probably Friday, as I think most of them are Muslim. In constant dusty atmosphere, it cannot be good for them. I don't see anybody wearing a face mask of any, of any kind, apart from one cyclist as he went past. And I'm looking back now down through that alleyway, and you can't see the end for the dust. He's got a cartload of greens, tomatoes, cauliflowers, selling his wares down this nice, quiet alleyway. And there's a guy gone past him with what looks like looks like great pots of pitch. Well, we've got out of the very, very dusty area. There's still some stone carving going on here, but not quite so much. And I was just uh, thinking to myself how cool and pleasant it is walking in here, apart from the dust. Because we've got houses either side of the road, which were built, most of them, at the time of the city being laid down back in the early 18th century. And they're all three to four storeys high, so we're always in shadow, and it's really quite pleasant to walk along here. Even in February, on the 2nd of February, we get hot in the sunshine here, so this is good. Anyway, along these very narrow roads with the high buildings, we have channels running either side of the road and the building coming straight onto the road, and the channels are filled with unmentionable liquids that do smell a bit, I have to admit. And then between some of the houses, there are metre-wide passages that go up the side of the house, and they are completely full of rubbish. It's shocking. Full of rubbish, muck, and God knows what. Walk past one that had just been cleaned out, which is good. don't know where they're going to put it all, but it had been cleaned out into a big lump. Pretty much all of these buildings are old, apart from the occasional new one interspersed between them. And they would have been built back in the early 18th century. And I don't think that they've actually been touched since then because they are crumbling literally in front of us with families squatting in them, little tiny shops below them, workshops around, graffiti on the walls. Not too much graffiti, I have to say. Quite a lot of hand-painted signs. Some Hindu and some political. But the state itself, I read, doesn't have a great deal of money. It's one of the poorest states of the city, of the country. And a lot of the money was um, 
Oh, I've got a cow here that doesn't want me to go past, so I'm going to just stop for a moment and <laughs> follow somebody else. <laughs> oh, he seems to be all right now. Don't look them in the eyelids, just go straight ahead. They got, they're pretty harmless, these cows, and they're used to having people all the time, but they have fucking great, excuse my friend, <laughs> horns, and they do look a bit scary sometimes. <clears throat> anyway, I've just navigated my way around four of them. Yeah, so going back to this state, it doesn't have a great deal of money. And sadly, it doesn't have a very good record of uh, literacy. But in the last few years, they've really been trying to turn the corner here. Tourism is excellent. As we know, Rajasthan is one of the big areas for tourism. But I can't see it affecting these local people very much. Well, we're out on the street having a look at um, all these beautiful buildings and, and great friendly people and just looking through a tiny dark window I saw a very quiet machine going back and forth and it's a printing press. They're hand printing each page individually. Wow. No electricity involved, it's all done by hand. So he's got a gear he's yes. holding with his left hand. A gear he's holding with his left hand, and he's got a foot pump, a bit like an old Singer uh, sewing machine. And that makes the, uh, the wheel go round, which in turn turns the crank that moves the actual press itself, brings up the rollers. The rollers go up onto a round disc full of ink, and the rollers come back down, and the press pushes together and he's got a plate there which is printing uh, whatever it is some flyers and there's another person a second person who each time the press is finished he puts his hand in and he pulls out the finished product and so it continues it looks a bit like the stuff he's taken off looks a bit like uh, carbon paper it's the same color as carbon paper but it's this is it's proper traditional printing isn't it it's not, it's, I wouldn't have thought it was far off the original Caxton um, printing presses that were around in Europe in the 15th century, I believe. Potted history, O-level history trying to come back. But uh, it's a beautiful thing it's a, to behold. Lovely and quiet as well. Jamie's going to take a photograph of what they've been printing now. I need to put my wide-angle lens on because it's tiny. It's only big enough for two people in the little uh, press itself. There's two of them operating it, and a third guy's just come in with uh, some very nice incense, and he's just handed a cigarette to, to one of them as he's printing. I reckon the room he's working in is probably no more than three metres by three metres. You can just fit the machine in there. And it's in um, a large original 18th century building here great thick walls it's actually quite interesting to be inside here now I can see that the wall has got to be half a metre thick all fantastic beautiful stone slabbed floors here people in the home counties would uh, sell their souls to get some of this stone on their floors I'm sure um, courtyard just peeking around the corner here just walking through we've got a little courtyard here in the background Nice, quiet haven. 
There's a tap here, community tap, I imagine, for the cold water. It's beautiful inside here, all painted a pale lilac on one wall, pale blue on the other. Looks like um, Hindu um, sign on the door to the main building. And we've got we've got pipework for the water, which has got to be an inch and a half. What's this? He's, I'm being offered yeah. something. Oh, thank you. Dunawad. Is it Dunawad? Mm. This to be sugar. <laughs> thank you. Very strange, but um, it's very nice. Very kind of him. Yeah, so great, th- uh, great thick pipe works for the water and almost thicker pi- um, wiring for electricity. It's higgledy-biggledy straggled across the ceiling and up the walls. Interesting to see what's going on behind the scenes, getting away from the street. Jamie's now in the room next door. And there's another press. As Liz has probably explained to you, we're taking the back streets, walking around the pink city. What I love about this is that we are the only white people that I've seen. Our hotel was packed full of uh, tourists and hedge monkeys and hippies and uh, various uh, people not of India. And there are many, many hotels, of course, in, in this city uh, full of tourists. And yet, I guess they all gravitate towards the major attractions. And what you've probably guessed is what we like doing is walking through the back streets, chatting to the locals and just watching them at work. It certainly gives you an idea of the atmosphere and the industry of this place. Obviously, you can hear all the noises, um, but what you can't see is the constant uh, thriving buzz of people interacting with each other, interacting with us. And it's um, it's quite an electric feeling course we are heading towards uh, one of the palaces right now and we will be mingling again with the tourists but uh, I always think it's much more special to go off the beaten track generally wander in the rough direction you want to head to and just uh, follow your nose coming towards the end of our little back street tour here um, we're gonna have to go left in a minute which means we can head up into the main bit of the bazaar um, rather than bizarre, actually, what I do mean is so uh, we're going to see the city palace and the main site. So uh, I've just been enjoying being away from all the tourists, mingling with the locals, seeing how they live. I just stumbled into a tiny little area where there's a big tree, huge tree in the middle, and round it they've built a temple, Hindu temple. Uh, actually built right into the tree, plastered right into the tree. It's beautiful. <laughs> and, and there's a couple of pigs round here. You don't often see pigs, it's usually goats. And then in the middle, there's a standpipe where everyone's getting their water. Jamie's just beckoning me over. What have we got here, Jamie? Uh, I hope you don't suffer from vertigo. Have a look down there. Oh my god, it's an enormous hole. And it makes me feel quite ill looking down. It's a, it's a well. It's a very big well. Um, 
five, six metres in diameter. And I don't know how many metres down. Oh, I can see a monkey. There's a great big monkey up there. He's enormous. Wow. He's just uh, disappeared. He's just nicked something out of that woman's house, I think. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, as Jamie said, it's a well. I don't really like looking down over things like this. It makes my hands go sweaty. It's like vertigo. Um, but the standpipe next to it uh, makes us realise it's a well. Pigs are loving it round here. There's bits of old vegetable there rooting happily through with their dirty little noses. They are funny creatures. Hello. Hello. How are you? My name is... My name is... Your name is... My name is Sandeep Verma. And my name is Liz. Hello. Hello. <laughs> They're starting to ramp up for lunch now because it's 12 o'clock. Most of these people have been up early. Nice quiet area here, just before we go into the madness. We're in a more normal road now, the sort of road that you would see in most Indian towns, um, with dress shops and um, bric-a-brac shops either side. A lot quieter, no dust. But what we have got here is high residential houses and living happily amongst everybody else are enormous primates of some kind I don't know what they are uh, we've taken some photos, I think they're baboons no, not baboons apes of some kind and uh, their tails are well over a metre they are big, the grown ones are really big much bigger than the ones we saw um, when we were up in Goa living on the, on the top of the buildings and raiding people's domiciles and then they jump from one side of the road to the other, making an enormous clatter and almost flying through the air. This is most definitely India. The locals don't seem to be slightly perturbed. Obviously, they see them all the time, and they are laughing at us because we are taking photos of these uh, animals. But really, it's quite extraordinary to see them just living here happily in the middle of the capital of Rajasthan. There's a whole troop of them, several adults, one or two little tiny ones, little babies. And they're following the main one as they jump from building to building across the roads. Fantastic to watch them, it really is. We just uh, walked on to Tripolia uh, Bazaar, I think it's called Tripolia Bazaar, uh, which is where the main palace is. Uh, but we got chatting to a local chap who spoke very good English, quite impressed with my little phone that was uh, loaded up with Google Maps, so we knew where we were. And he said, uh, instead of going in there first, how about looking behind you? And we turned around to find uh, a temple which is set back slightly off the road, about uh, one story up. So we climbed up some steps and he said, go in there and you'll get a great view of the city. And sure enough, we step back up. You can hear the traffic from where we're standing now. It isn't quite as loud. It's much quieter. And it's a little haven. It's a courtyard painted in uh, a kind of dusty baby blue colour with archways on three sides. Very ornate archways and pillars. And in the centre is some kind of water feature. It's not turned on at the moment. And all around the edge are sort of faux terracotta statues and these beautiful hand-painted uh, reliefs around the walls 
And as I turn around to look back onto the street, I can see um, a couple of the temples. And it's, uh, it's very nice and peaceful. And I think what we'll do is we'll just go up one more floor and get right up onto the top. And we'll get a view over uh, Tripolia Bazaar and into the Pink City itself. Just met a guy who, again, who speaks very good English and he's going to take us up. So we're walking back through a uh, very dark, musty staircase with an iron door that he's just opened. And now up onto the rooftop. And here, another big courtyard with orange domes on the four corners. And looking out east, and the first thing I can see is a kite. Very popular pastime with the children here. Two kites. Over in the distance are the mountains. I don't know what range that is. Up on top of the mountains we can see what look like um, retreats. I don't know if they were the retreats of the old Raj. And then we walk round to the front. We're booking back over Tripolia Bazaar and into the old pink city itself. So we're on the very top now, the Shiva Temple, overlooking old Jaipur, the old city. And can you tell me what we're looking at now, please? Now we are standing in the central point of old city and... Uh, just on the top edge of hill, there's a tiger fort, and uh, the, uh, just behind that, there's a Lord Ganesha temple. And just right opposite of this temple, there's a Victory Tower. It was made for, uh, in the uh, symbol of uh, victory. And the uh, city palace is behind this Victory Tower, next to observatory. Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you. So it's a bit noisy. Yeah, I've got a lot of traffic below us. So it's another main road in India. We've crossed the main drag into the environs of the city palace where the roads are nice and wide. The trees are nice and big. There's lots of birds. And there's a bright green bird that's flying around. I've seen a few of them. We were looking at pigeons earlier and doves in our guidebook that we just bought today for birds. And we saw these bright green um, pigeons and doves and we wondered if it might be one of those but can't get close enough I have a feeling it might be a parakeet because I can hear some shrieking anyway we've found the Rajasthan Astrological Council and Research Institute we can get your palm read and your astrology chart made and there's a beautiful tree outside absolutely dominating this square and giving us all lots of shade amongst the madness We've just taken a break and had some water and we're now going to walk through and see if we can find the palace. We'll leave Liz under that tree until next week when we take you to Jaipur City Palace itself. There we meet an enthusiastic tour guide who takes us round the armoury. Join us, especially if evil looking big boys toys are your thing. the boat is a travelogue covering our exploits both at sea and on land. The podcasts are just a small part of our personal odyssey. We invite you to visit followtheboat.com and share our adventure. Follow the boat.